Section 14 of The Uses of Diversity. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Uses of Diversity by G. K. Chesterton. Section 14 The Romance of Rostand. Rostand, the romantic dramatist of France and a very national poet, died almost on the day of the great national triumph he had lived to use his own imaginative heraldry to see the golden eagles of gaul and rome drive back the black eagles of prussia and austria he was too much of an earlier generation to take the precise part of pequis or claudel in the process which banished the birds of barbaric night from the lands of the eagles of the sun but the part he had played in that earlier time might well merit the use of a kindred metaphor drawn from his own fairyland of ornithology he had a special claim to use as one of his titles the noble medieval name of chanticleer he might well be called the gallic cock in that earlier twilight of vultures and bats the end of the nineteenth century was a time of pessimism for europe and especially of pessimism for france for pessimism was the shadow of prussianism rostand was really a cock that crowed before the coming of sunrise when it came it was red as blood but the sun rose but that medieval nickname of the cock contains a still more appropriate criticism the word clear is always a clue to rostand's country and to rostand's work he suffered in the decadent days he suffers to some extent still from a strange blunder which supposes that what is clear must be shallow it is chiefly founded on false figures of speech and is akin to the mysteriously meaningless saying that still waters run deep it is repeated without the least reference to the evident fact that the stillest of all waters do not run at all they lie about in puddles which are none the less shallow because they are covered with scum such were the north german philosophies fashionable at the end of the nineteenth century men believed in the puddle's profundity solely because of its opacity when the decadent critics sneered at rostand's popularity they were simply sneering at his lucidity they were protesting against his power of conveying what he meant in the most direct and telling fashion they were complaining bitterly because he did not think with a german accent which is nearly the same thing as an impediment in the speech the wit with which all his dialogues blazed was also a positive disadvantage in that middle-headed modern world which even now will only begin to realize gradually the greatness of france nothing has been so senselessly underrated as wit even when it seems to be the mere wit of words it is dismissed as merely verbal but in fact it is more solemn writing that is merely verbal or rather merely verbose a joke is always a thought it is grave and formal writing that can be quite literally thoughtless this applies to jokes when they are not only quite verbal but quite vulgar a good pun or even a bad pun is more intellectual than mere polysyllables the man the presumably prehistoric man who invented the phrase when is a door not a door when it's ajar made a serious and successful mental effort of selection and combination 
but a prussian professor might begin on the same problem when is a door not a door when its doorishness is a becoming rather than a being and when the relativity of doorishness is coordinated with the evolution of doors from windows and skylights of which approximation to new function etc etc and the prussian professor might go on like that for ever and never come to the end because he would never come to the point a pun or a riddle can never be in that sense a fraud real wisdom may be better than real wit but there is much more sham wisdom than there is sham wit this is the immediate point about rostand who had very real wit but wit of a very poetic and sometimes epic order it is very characteristic of him and very puzzling to his critics that he was witty even in repudiating wit in the scene of cyrano de bergerac in which the hero pleads in his friend's name against the preciosity of the heroine he quite naturally uses the phrase touching the evaporation of truth in artificial terminology et que la fin de fin ne soit la fin des fins that involves a pun and also involves a point and it is a subject on which it would be quite easy to be earnest and pointless a philosopher need never come to an end in talking about ends precisely because he is not required to amuse anybody he is not required to mean anything every page every paragraph almost every line of rostand's plays bristles with these points which are both verbal and vital if any critic thinks it was easy to produce them by the hundred there is an exceedingly easy test let him try to produce one in attempting to joke in this fashion he will probably find himself thinking for the first time for that matter merely to make one of the better puns of punch or hood's annual would be enough to stump most of the sceptics who have been taught in the teutonic schools to think a thing creative because it is chaotic and vast because it is vague a modern thinker will find it easier to make up a hundred problems than to make up one riddle for in the case of the riddle he has to make up the answer the drama of rostand was full of answers if they seemed to the superficial merely to be ringing repartees in the ballad of the duel the hero says that the sword thrust shall come at the end of the envoy but something like it seems to come continually at the end of the line but these retorts are really much more than superficial because they have the ring of dogma of affirmation and certainty and therefore of triumph the wit is a heroic wit and his subtitle was strictly correct when he called cyrano a heroic comedy it was written in a literary period which was far too pessimistic to rise even to heroic tragedy it will grow in value in a more virile time when the air has been cleared by a great crusade rostand's poetry will certainly remain it may not remain among the very greatest poetry for the very reason that he fulfilled the office rather of the trumpet than the lyre but he himself may well have shared the spirited taste of his own hero and have preferred that something even more noble than the laurel should remain as a feather in his cap. End of section 14